0: social strategy podcast episode 65. Welcome to the social strategy podcast, where it's all about making the most of your business with smart tips on what's working now in social media, online business and good old fashioned networking. And now your host who's also known as Ross PR on Twitter, Vernon Ross. This is the Social Strategy Podcast, bringing you the best in online business, social media, good old-fashioned networking, and I'm your host, Vernon Ross, and welcome to the show. I've got an exciting show for you guys today. I've got a return guest. We are talking virtual conferences that I'm a part of, actually, Periscope. We actually also talked about Blab, and we did a Blab during the recording of this, so that was really exciting. Uh, You guys are in for a really, really big treat because we go all into the whole virtual conference thing, why it's valuable and what you can actually gain from that experience. This is a fun episode to record because we had so many problems initially getting the Blab going, but it was fun and and we got past it. And usually you don't have problems on Blab, and it actually went fairly quickly. So I, I really can't complain about Blab. Anyway, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get right into the episode. I've got some really exciting stuff for you at the end of the show. So definitely tune in for that. I'll see you on the back end. Which is cool. So, this is our first, our, our first Periscope, or not Periscope, our first Blab together. Yes. Um, Fabian is brand new to Blab, but a very regular Periscope user. We're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about uh, the virtual summit that that you've been putting together and how that goes and some of the mistakes and some of the stuff, the struggles and stuff like that that you deal with. And uh, everything else that's been going on with you.
1: Yes. Cool.
0: All right. Cool. So nobody has jumped in on my blab yet. There is a little thing on here where you can say tell a little bird on the side. So I'm going to click on that. There we go. So I just posted that. If you click on tell a little bird and tweet it out, people that follow you. on, There you go. There you go. I see it. So. Let's just go ahead and start and if people jump in great if they don't then hey it'll be another video recording that we have of each other. Exactly. <laughs> so so what's been going on with the um let's talk about uh let's talk about periscope first. I think that's going to be yes. really periscope.
1: interesting. Yeah, as you know, it's something that came up like a few months ago and it was amazing like the growth that this platform experienced. I think that every day they say like 40 years of content are shared every day on Periscope. Oh my god. That's insane. Yeah, that's crazy. And uh, I would say for the last couple of weeks maybe be four yeah four weeks i i i scope every morning at 6 (laughs) a.m i start my day with periscoping and i love it actually just the connection the the live connection with people um interacting asking questions sharing content um it's great i mean i love it interesting yes
0: Okay. This is all live, guys. So we're messing around on our <laughs> on our <laughs> podcast. It's okay. Trying to do video, but hey, you know. Awesome. There we go. We figured it out. Yeah. Technical hey. challenge solved.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great, Vernon. You rock.
0: Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so we were talking about before we uh messed up and had to uh restart the <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'll have to edit out some of the silence in the podcast, but I uh, can't do that with a Blab. Nope, it's live. Right, we don't need to. I'm recording it now. Um, that's the one thing about Blab, you have to remember to hit record over here mm. on the left-hand side, or right, yeah, left-hand side, or it will not record. I, I um, watched a couple of Blabs, and the guy was like, were well, we recording any of that? And he goes we are now and that's when it started he goes we are now he's like we are now what now we're recording he's like so the last 25 minutes we didn't record he goes nope
1: (laughs) but uh yeah it's uh it's not automatic yet right but maybe it will be
0: oh it's possible so you were talking about um before we jumped off you were talking about um periscope you're doing periscope every morning so talk about periscope a little bit because i think people want to know okay should i be using periscope uh, I was thinking about writing a guide for just from the technical standpoint, teach people how to use it quickly, mm-hmm. and I was also looking at curating periscopes. and I want to know what you think about that. As a regular scoper, what would you think of if people were grabbing your scopes by category and then curating them all on one website? So, first, tell us about how you got into periscope and you know why you start using it and how it's helping your business.
1: Well, I started using it because i heard about it of course people were talking it on social media and i was like what what is this and then uh for those of you who don't know what periscope is it's an application that has been brought by the twitter the same people as the twitter and uh uh, it's your chance to broadcast live you can broadcast anything you can broadcast a walk in the park if you want you can broadcast information about your business about yourself you could you know you could do a scope just to invite your friends and then chat with them while you're on the scope. But I mainly use it for my business. And uh, I find it's a great platform because, first of all, it's live. Second of all, it's all over the world at the same time. Third of all, um, it's your chance to be seen uh, live and sharing what you know as an expert and uh, connect with your audience. And that's the best thing about it, because there's a chat box and people can ask their questions, or they can react to what you just said, or uh, they can connect with each other. And when this happens during a scope, that's very exciting because it means that people are engaged on it.
0: Right. Now, you know, one of the things I've noticed on Periscope is that when you start doing your scopes, people natively will just come into a Periscope. Have you noticed that?
1: People will what? Sorry?
0: They just kind of natively come to a Periscope because it's sent out that you're live on Periscope?
1: Yes, yes exactly so people you follow actually like you will get a a notification on your phone that someone's having a live periscope so anytime you're periscoping Vernon I know about it and then I can join your scope Mm -hmm. when let's say I'm on your scope well it's easy for me to share it with my Twitter friends so I just have to slide my finger this way if I have an iPhone or this way if I have an Android and then there's this little window that comes off and you could actually uh right now send it to like all your twitter friends um oh, wow. whenever you do a scope there's a scope that uh there's a post that that it's uh giving you a link there's a link to your scope so you can copy and paste this this link to all your other social p- media platform friends so it's easy to it's very easily shareable and what i love about but it also is that your recording is only available for 24 hours. So people have a sense of urgency and they need to take action. If your subject is very interesting to them and attractive to them, well, they have to take action right now. And uh, if they do well, you might have another follower.
0: Oh, that's very cool. With, uh, with the fact that it's 24 hours, there, there's a couple things out there. And I was thinking about doing this was actually um, starting to curate some periscopes that are, you know, by category. So some yes. marketing periscopes, stuff like that. How do you feel about that, you know, as a content creator, if mm-hmm. your content was basically shared on, an, on a third-party website? How would you feel about that?
1: I would feel that it, it's it's great because it's another way of uh, reaching another audience, not necessarily only your people following you or other people like referring you, but mm-hmm. then being in front of another Other people with other people talking exact like on the same topic as you. So let's say if I was somewhere else with other marketers, other people talking about marketing or about Periscope or about virtual summits uh, or about business uh, online business automation, I will be thrilled about it because it will be a way to be somewhere very specific and then people looking for you would be already interested in into the topic you're talking about. So it's it's more chances of having targeted listeners or targeted people listening to you and then um, having those people as part of your audience, too. So I think it would be great. That's interesting. Yeah, I was you know, I was wondering because I
0: haven't really talked to anybody that is uh, just like a normal, regular, everyday periscoper And I, I see your emails that come out. Oh, hey, thanks, Michael, for jumping in. Um, almost, uh, is it daily that I see those emails? I know you send them out every now and then. It's like, hey, I'm going to be on Periscope at XYZ time talking about, I'm like, oh, that's neat. Because I see a lot of people promoting Periscope in different ways, mm-hmm. but um, not very many send out emails. So no. it's, I think it's cool that you send out an email and say, hey, guys, you know, I'm going uh, to be on Periscope, so jump on.
1: Yeah, exactly. And what's what's been suggested is that uh, you do that, but not too long before. Mm-hmm. Um, like, let's say if you're on Twitter, you do it like 15 minutes before, or uh, usually I do it like 5 to 10 minutes before I, I jump on Periscope. And if there's one minute left and I feel like doing another tweet about it, I'll do it. But mainly, if you have like regular people listening to you, they will be noticed. So they will come back on your scope if they enjoy being like, watching what you what you share as content right now how do you get people to um how do you get more popular on periscope you have to be active on the platform actually listen to other scopes because when you're you're listening well you have a voice there too so if you're commenting let's say i'm listening to one of your scopes and i'm commenting well you will see that i comment on your scope and all the people watching your scope will see that i comment So Mm -hmm. depending of what you give as a a comment on the scope and if it's very interesting or you bring insight into what the speaker is talking about, then people might actually... Decide to follow you on Periscope too. So that's a great way to do to do so. Like attend other scopes and being very active on it. Also, you all you know already uh, with social media, it's like that. You need to share other people's content too um, before asking people to share about your stuff, right? So right. you need to help other people on your platform too. So if you share other people's scopes, then you they will see that you are dedicated and that you want. You are engaged and wanting to share what they're sharing with other people. So basically, those people might also want to share your content whenever you're on Scope. So there are several several things, little things like that that you can do, and then your your uh, engagement will be higher, and then you'll have more and more people following you on Scope, on right. Periscope.
0: Right. So when you're um, with your virtual summit, are you going to also do some stuff on Periscope since it's a paid a paid thing
1: probably i'll use periscope to talk about my virtual summit of course i've i've mentioned already that something is coming up to my audience on periscope and they Mm. know something's coming up but i'm giving like more and more information about it like along the way as we're getting closer to the launch date so yes i will use it not like not to sell, uh, do a hard sell on Periscope and just pitch something on Periscope because that's not what the platform is for. But you just have to send people some- somewhere so you can get more information about it. Mention it, like. I've never seen people Periscoping and doing a pitch for like 30 minutes. That's not what Periscope is for. Periscope is mostly for interactions and connection mm-hmm. and also like uh, getting to know your audience better and for right. people to know you better. Right, and right. if they do so, well, they'll have more chances of buying from you afterwards because they will trust you and they will know that what you provide as content is good content. And it's something that I didn't mention before earlier. It's important mm-hmm. that that you prepare for your scopes and that you deliver great content. Because if you're boring or if you're just saying like stuff that is <laughs> that is not like actionable or people cannot use or anything like that, well, right. people won't come back on your scopes. Now,
0: how, do you, how do you get content for? Because I know that's a big challenge for people is, okay, I'm, I'm going to go on video. Uh, we're going to talk about something. And you're doing a Periscope every day at 6 a.m. Yes. How are you coming up with content for that?
1: Uh, well, um, with my social media interactions uh, on the Facebook groups I'm on, I see what people are asking more on uh, what questions they're asking, and I'm trying to answer those questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, my scopes are never more than like 10 to 15 minutes, oh, okay. so it's something really quick, right? And if you have great interaction, well, there's there's a little time also that you can take to interact with your people and answer questions. So basically your content has to be like about 10 12 minutes long. And when you do that, well, actually it's not like a it's not as if you're preparing for a speaking engagement and you have to to speak for like 2 hours or preparing for <laughs> right, a webinar. Right. It's not the same thing. So you could take like just one a very narrow topic and talk about it for like 10 minutes and people will love it and be happy about it and still be there the day after.
0: That's very cool. You know, one of the reasons that I um, wanted to do this on Blab, well, number one, Periscope doesn't have a desktop application, and I really didn't feel like doing one of these and, <laughs> and holding <laughs> the phone. Although, Although, I do have, of course, a little selfie thing, uh-huh. and uh, I, I picked this thing up, and I like it because it's got this, watch this, it's got this little neat thing that you... Oh, right. uh, A little button there and you can press it and it adjusts to whatever size your phone is so if you've got a huge little phablet like this (laughs) you can put it in there and you can clip it onto your you know your little desktop tripod so you don't have to hold it so Uh i'm i'm fully prepared to scope professionally but i was like well you know what blab is new and i've been playing around with it so i like blab i'll i'll ask you at the last minute to do a blab so for everybody listening uh, on the podcast, I was like, "Hey, Fabian, you ever, ever heard of Blab?" and she literally just signed up for it.
1: Like, I did. While I just we were took recording. the challenge. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> right. So that that's that was fun. I if what's funny, what would be funnier and I've done this is um uh Melissa um she does a um she does a 10 minutes in Tinseltown is her is her podcast. She was recording a podcast while she was doing it on Meerkat and I was actually scoping it on Periscope. So I was doing Periscope, she was doing Meerkat and we were recording on Skype. It was silly. <laughs> but it That's was crazy. It was fun, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh you said not like the scope being vertical. Yeah, I'm not crazy about the scope being vertical either, you know, when you have to uh when you're doing a periscope and it's basically like that, you can't turn the camera no, sideways. No,
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: With Meerkat yeah. you can't actually turn the camera sideways and it rotates. So I think all the platforms have like, you know, strengths and weaknesses to them.
1: Exactly.
0: Do you um now do you also Meerkat? No,
1: I don't know about Meerkat. Yeah, Meerkat came out
0: like but right before Periscope. Mm-hmm. I I don't remember the number of days, but it wasn't out very long and then Periscope came out uh during social media marketing world like a couple weeks okay. after Meerkat. Yeah. And meerkat usage just like plummeted because <laughs> it's it's the basically the same thing, except yeah. for uh, meerkat. I think it's better in some respects because at the end of your broadcast, um, you have a call to action button, and you okay. can actually send people somewhere else. So uh-huh. if you were doing you know a brief something and you were talking about like the virtual summit that we're going to get into. Or something else, you can have people go there, or you can have them go to an opt-in page, or a find-out-more page, or a lead magnet, and stuff like that.
1: So people can actually click on it. Right, right after the
0: broadcast ends.
1: Say the thing with Periscope is that you have to do that like while talking. You know, send people somewhere to your website, exactly as when you're podcasting. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Which, I don't know, I find that that is effective, because with the sponsors that I deal with, they... They have they they have good engagement from the podcast website, and I know that people aren't just natively finding some of the links I give in my podcast because some are specific that if I didn't give it in the podcast, you won't have that link because I don't like I'll put it in show notes, but the clicks aren't coming from there. There people are actually typing in the URL directly and going okay. you know going to stuff, and I'll give out like a different URL on a podcast broadcast. Other than what I have in the um, in the show notes to see what type of engagement I'm getting, and surprisingly enough, people will go to a URL outside of a podcast or yeah. you know from a podcast broadcast, which I think is, is is interesting yes, and let's see do you ever use uh, Minicam app? you know I just downloaded the uh, the minicam app the other day there's an app called Minicam. That you can use, and you can um, you can put a a underlay, okay. so you can put a lower third in your um, in your video window. You can use it on Periscope. I've seen it on Periscope and on Skype. It's really neat. Um, it's it just it's just neat. You can do all kinds of stuff, overlays, and um, make your video look a little bit more professional. So if you wanted people to know, you know, what your website address was, you can use Minicam and do that on this video if you wanted to, and it will overlay the video. Uh, I haven't messed around with it, so I really don't know how to use it <laughs> that well. Or I'd use it right now, but I'm, I'm not going to make you the totally experimental of everything this morning. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about your virtual summit because um, we recorded a
1: session for your virtual summit. Talk, yeah, talk about the process yeah. a little bit uh well it's a lot of preparation for uh f- my summit is called Small Business Online Summit and uh it's going live in October October 12th and i have 29 speakers it's uh, it's videos that were pre-recorded and as the name say says Small Business Online Summit, you will get a lot of information about small businesses and online businesses. So mm-hmm. from podcasting as oh, I have to say you're one of my featured speakers all right, all right, on my right, summit. <laughs> talking about podcasting, uh, about Amazon, Kindle publishing. We'll talk about marketing, content marketing, uh, business automation, branding, uh, building list, email marketing, uh, a lot, a lot of stuff and great content. I took my time to interview all those people, experts. um, They're Chris Brogan, uh, Brian Kurtz, Ryan Levesque, uh, Lee Mm Meltier, big names in their world. And I really, really... Prepared a lot for those interviews and asked questions about like the nitty gritty and also actionable steps. Because sometimes what what annoys us when we listen to interviews sometimes is that, yeah, people say a lot, but they don't say how to do it. So I made sure that you know at least how to do it when you listen to each of those interviews. So um, I started preparing for it like a few months ago had to interview like do all the interviews, record them and then now I'm at the final stage of it like preparing everything to be ready for the launch. So I'm very excited about it. That's
0: very that's very cool. So what I'm going to do now is something a little different. Guys, if you want to catch the rest of this interview, you're going to have to go and listen to the podcast. So we're going to end the blab and then we're going to continue our conversation. Over on Skype, so when I, I love publish that. this, a you're going have to listen to the rest. That's right. So there's gonna be some good stuff. We're gonna be talking about more about the summit. We're also gonna be talking about um, more about Blab. We're gonna get some more into Periscope and a lot of other things. But you're gonna have to tune in to the podcast in order to catch the rest of it. So that is that for the recording. I'm gonna end the Blab and let's jump over to uh, just let's just stay on Skype because the double <laughs> audio is. <laughs> killing me i'm still hearing it's killing you yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna kill this one and uh i'll just jump back over to skype all right all right with the virtual summit you were doing the interviews how did you get them to um share in detail what they were doing
1: by asking questions about it it's it's easy like that I mean it's the same thing as when you do a podcast interview for example or if you don't prepare for it Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people have told me uh, I'm still podcasting so I connect with a lot of people and sometimes speakers are saying well It's funny because I like it the way you prepare for the interview because you've done research about myself and you know what to ask me or you know what details you want to know about. But some people don't prepare and they ask, they just ask vague questions or, you know, like nothing very specific. So I really try to, uh, you know, before I prepare, I know Those people from either they're on my network or they've been on my show and or I follow their work. Right. So Mm -hmm. I know what they're they're good at. And I know also what my audience wants to know. And sometimes I might have questions, personal questions, too. And that's and that's a great bonus. I can ask them.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it's so important that you research your guests so that, you know, exact, you know, stuff about their background. If you can find out personal stuff personal stuff because it makes them more human to the audience it's only going to help them as far as you know their reach and developing their audience and exposing them to your audience now and to know more about them other than okay so you wrote this book tell us about it and it's like you're you're the interviewer you should be able to tell them about it so well there's our podcast uh, podcaster rant (laughs) about not preparing for interviews but uh yeah that's funny I, uh, I did want to ask you, uh, kind of jumping, and you know how I jump back and forth to different subjects with Periscope. And yeah. you mentioned that in the in the virtual summit that you have uh, some stuff about email marketing and list building and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With with some of the list building stuff that you have in there, how do you, as a um, as an entrepreneur, how do you use Periscope to actually help you build your email list?
1: Oh well, it's. Or are you it's doing a mistake. It? It's a mistake that that we do when we when we start on Periscope or on any platform that we're not used to, because we're kind of like, okay, it's new. We're out of our comfort zone, and we mm-hmm. don't necessarily think about everything. And I listen to a lot, a lot of scopes and a lot of people scoping. And one of the major mistakes that people do is that there's no call to action during the scopes. So if right. you don't send people anywhere, well, they won't get. They won't get anywhere because you didn't send them. Um, So (laughs) at each of my scopes, I ended up by saying what I want them to do. It's either I want them to join my Facebook group, or I send them to a, uh, a freebie that I that I did just for them, or I send them to, last time I was uh, talking about how to get paid for what you know, so I send them on Amazon because I wrote a book about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I always try to send people somewhere to get more information about what I just shared. Mm-hmm. And if it's just to join the conversation on my Facebook, Facebook group, then I tell them that. And I always mention my Twitter Periscope handle so they can follow me and be, and be noticed whenever I have a new scope coming in. Right. You know, I yeah.
0: think that's, that's something that's so important is that you actually have a way for them to get more. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I talk to, um, you know, other podcasters and other business owners and marketers about how do people get more of you? depending on, you know, if you're strong on social media and you just appear to be focusing on social and engagement, I think that's a a broken part of that whole sales funnel because the sales funnel basically is, is non-existent. Mm -hmm. They're, they're making money because they're, they're out there and they're busy. And so people will come to them and sometimes buy something if they have something for them to buy. But what they also don't do is they don't, they don't direct them to, well, if you want more, go check this out, because I wrote this specifically to address the issue I was talking about this morning. Exactly. Like, like with you, with building a business and marketing. You've written a, a couple ebooks about that, so you can send them directly to that. Do you see your sales jump up from that?
1: Yeah. And actually, when you do that also, in the books that I put on Kindle, there's another link. So, like, people, if... If let's say they want to buy the book, well, when they read the book, they have another link to ask them to go on the website and get even more information. So even like, let's say if someone go buys my book on Amazon, then I don't know which person is that. Well, there's a chance that I have that person on my list after because there's still a link Mm -hmm. to get more information in my Kindle. So, you always try to send people somewhere that has to do with your website so you can drive more traffic to it.
0: Right. And that's, I think a lot of people lose focus when they get on the platforms like, you know, Periscope and Meerkat and Blab and whatever else you're on that's a social media public, you know, website. You're not, there are not enough calls to action to, hey, if you want to know more about what I'm talking about, why don't you head back over to my website and you can check this out or here's a free report. Uh, or something like that but something that's interesting that you just said is that you will create content just for a conversation that you're talking about on periscope
1: yes so you could actually then you say to people that it's it's just like relevant to them because they were on your scope so you don't you don't advertise it anywhere else you just leave it to them so when you do that i mean they feel exclusive and of course they want to get the information better That's
0: interesting. Now, do you make that information public or is it like on just a page just for those people?
1: The page, I just talk about it on my scope. So I don't talk about it anywhere else. Okay. So it's exclusive. Of course, I have a few freebies that I can share, but, mm-hmm. uh, but some of them, I try to make them specific to people who want to know more about Periscope or want to know more about a subject I discussed about on one of my scopes. And then if I see that the same question comes and comes again and I share some content about it, then I might create something specific for those people and they go get it.
0: Oh, that that is really interesting. I like I like how you're doing that. So, you know, now bouncing back to the virtual <laughs> summit, how do you how did you come up with the idea of actually doing a virtual summit? I know this story, but I want I want people to hear it here because <laughs> we talked about it in our last time we talked, but it hadn't come to fruition yet. So, how did you come up with the whole virtual no. summit idea?
1: Actually, me and my business partner uh, were looking at ways to. Uh, First of all, you always want to have like a bigger audience and that your message get gets heard by the most people possible and help the most people possible with their online business. Mm-hmm. Starting an online business is not easy and doing it the right way is not easy either. And a lot of people on my on my audience have been telling me that they've been so frustrated in the past because buying stuff that doesn't work or people telling them you can make that amount of money in that specific amount of days and it doesn't happen to them or stuff like that. So we were very dedicated into like helping people build a profitable online business and do it the right way. And then um, I think it was Uh, By doing some research and seeing like more and more virtual summits coming along. And then we're like, hey, wait a minute. That would be that would be interesting because, as you know, I'm a communicator and I love podcasting and I love to interact with people. I love to connect with them. And I love also to take like the best out every Of everybody I speak to, so I love to do interviews. Um, so I figured, yeah. So with my business partner, we figured, yeah. So why don't we organize that kind of event too, and let's make it first of all a uh, big, and second of all, let's reach out to people that can bring like great content mm-hmm. and really truly help the listeners to, to you know, to progress with their online business. So we wanted to reach out to influencers, of course. Because Because they are a big part of um, the, let's say, how the summit will be perceived, of course. Uh, And then also other people that are thought leaders in their field or been working specifically on something and wanted to share it with the audience. So all my speakers are passionate people, dedicated people, and also always on the learning curve, looking for new ways to show uh, great value to Mm -hmm. their audience and to other people audiences. And that's what I love during the summit. I never had any problems with any of the speakers because their generosity was enormous sharing great value and content and on each interviews.
0: Well that is very cool. So let's let's give the audience something that they can actually do that's actionable. If somebody in the audience is thinking about, hey, you know, I've been curious about doing a summit and seeing doing an online summit. And like you said, they've become a lot more popular now. More you're seeing more and more businesses do them. You're seeing more people do them. What are like three steps to putting together a successful online summit?
1: Hmm. First of all, well, you need to find out, like what's what you want to be known for and it's important because when you do your summit i mean you will have you will need to find a place for yourself to talk about your expertise and what you want to be known for mm-hmm. second of all the subject of your summit make sure that it attracts like the maximum of your audience so if your audience is interested into uh, business online business automation well make it about that but if they're not and if they're interested into speaking or you know, publishing a book, then you got to make it about that. And like the overall subject needs to, needs to hold. And third thing I would say is to surround yourself with the right people when you're doing it. Um, going with mostly like warm leads or people that have referred you people. So you Mm -hmm. have a strong team because yes, some people have done it all by themselves, but I think that the strength of a great event is from a team, a good team. So if you have like experts in each of the, you have to cover that's Mm -hmm. the best thing so if you're not a pro at building websites well don't build it i mean hire someone (laughs) that can do it for you or if you're not a pro on editing your own stuff well don't do it uh stuff like that you know that that are the three things I think I would recommend to people. What you want to be known for, what's mm-hmm. the subject of your summit, make sure that it attracts the people you want to attract. And then the third thing, build your team properly because it could give you like problems along the way.
0: Right. So if we look at the first one a little bit more in depth, knowing what you going for or doing what you want to be known for, So basically you're talking about niching down to the one, that one thing that people know you for. If it's, you know, I'm known for great interviews and this is how I do great interviews and, you know, having either ebook or something where you're talking in the virtual summit about your expertise in addition to being the organizer of the summit. Mm -hmm. Is Is that what you mean?
1: Yes, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. So everything is congruent, right? You're mm-hmm. not, like, on Facebook for something and on Pinterest for something else and then doing your virtual summit for something else. Like, people want to know what what you stand for and what you're known for. Right. No, that's awesome. That's good advice. And the second
0: one was, uh, you know, a subject that sticks, something that's relevant to your audience. So, exactly. So, you know, like you were saying, if you're a book, book person and you're talking about publishing, Getting a bunch of people that are just social media experts that don't have books published probably wouldn't be a wise idea, right yeah,
1: and as I told you, my audience' biggest struggle was that they were tired of investing money into things that don't work out for them, and mm-hmm. also they were frustrated that sometimes when they get something, they just get one piece of the puzzle, but they don't get it all so right. that's why I gathered all those experts into like all their are there uh, several fields of expertise to make people like uh have more tools in their box for for building their online business right no no no
0: that's awesome yeah. and and the third thing I think a lot of people neglect it I'm guilty of it, it just just like a lot of other people is putting together a team yeah. That's yeah. that's just something I've that learned gets... that along
1: the right, yeah we've learned that along our way as entrepreneurs, my business partner and I, and uh basically what it does for you, Vernon, is that it frees a lot of your time, so you can invest that time that you have into like things that make your business more profitable eventually, you know because. Mm-hmm. If you do it all and you're so-so at doing a couple of things, then you'll have a so-so result and you'll be frustrated about it. And then you want to know more about why you didn't get it like properly. And then you spend time on that. instead you could have just delegated that to someone who's an expert at it while you are uh, working on <laughs> right. building your sales funnels or yeah. like marketing thinking about your next marketing move or you know like building your marketing calendar and stuff that are v- like more uh, worth it uh, compared to the amount of money you can give it, it can br- bring you an hour i don't know in which Book I read about that, but there are certain activities that you should not spend so much time on because they're worth only ten dollars an hour, mm-hmm. for example, like running your errands or cleaning your house or stuff like that. But All if right. you spend time working on, let's say, clearing up your clearing up your message, having clarity in your message, well, that's worth a lot of money because when you do that, you attract the right person and you hide your conversions are higher because you are clear about what you stand for and what you do. Uh, same thing when you you work on your sales funnel, well, of course, if you spend time on that, well, eventually you'll get more sales and more revenues for your business. So you can invest even more into getting better at what you do and then higher your fees and stuff like that. So um, just think about what, if there's an advice I can give to the, uh, to the listeners here is like, just just find out like what you're doing and what you're spending your time on right now. Is it like the more lucrative way of spending your time right now?
0: Right. Yeah. James Schramko, uh was on a very early episode of the podcast. And one of the things that he said is you need to maximize your daily dollar activities. What mm-hmm. are the things that are actually going to make you money and only be working on those Exactly. And, uh, Harry Dern, he's a good friend of mine from Podcast Junkies. I think you've had him on your podcast. And, no, or, I didn't. I, no, that's right. Has he had you on his, on his yet? Oh, you got to go on Podcast Maybe Junkies. Maybe
1: we should connect.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's done. That's happening today. Okay, <laughs> That is happening Thanks. today. But, yeah, Harry was talking about, you know, um, working your genius, only spending, you know, the, your time on the things that you're genius at and delegating everything else. And he's got all these productivity apps that he talks about. But I think it's so important, like, for show notes. So I don't have to go back and pull out every last detail and listen to the interview again because I just finished talking about it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. of course, I'll jot down some notes and stuff like that. But to have someone go through and then timestamp, because now my, uh, my VA that helps me with my show notes, she's going through and talking about the different subjects and timestamping them. Just totally just like, hey, I wanted to add timestamps. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I didn't ask her for it. I don't have to pay her extra for it. She's just doing it. And now That's that I'm great. using Simple Podcast um, Press, it has a little timestamp thing in there. So I can just highlight the timestamp. You can jump right to it in the interview. And I'm like, oh, this is this is awesome. And I've, it highlights the importance of having a good team. Yes. Because, you know, now I've got her doing that. It's less time that I have. I get it back. I'm like, okay, yep. And now I can just throw it up there, add my personality to, you know, the stuff that she's put in the show notes, do a little intro, throw some links in and I'm done in 10 minutes versus right. spending another 45 minutes or an hour li- listening back to a podcast and going through all the editing and everything else to try to get a decent amount of show notes out. So, yeah, that's you totally hit home with that one. Mm-hmm. So your, your podcast, it's been it's been going well. You've been having some, yes. having some good people on there.
1: Yes. Uh, I am at episode one hundred and sixty-five now. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> I haven't it's looked crazy. in a couple I haven't
0: looked in a couple weeks <laughs> at where you were, but Jesus, one hundred and sixty-five episodes in. <laughs> and you're three days a week, right? No, now it's once a week. Okay, it's once a week. Were well, you were three yes. days a week for a while though, weren't right?
1: I was I was five days a week until episode one hundred. Mm-hmm. Then I got down to three a week and now I'm at once a week Okay. because of the um, actually of especially the virtual summit, which is asking a lot of uh, a lot of my time and organization mm-hmm. and also a lot of other stuff that that came up. So for me, once a week, it's OK. And for my audience, it's OK, too. Right. Now, we're yeah.
0: being 165 episodes in, I actually asked this question on Facebook. Uh, it was either this morning or yesterday, I think it was yesterday, as a matter of fact, um, you're very familiar with Andrew Warner from Mixergy and how yes. Andrew, you know, does his stuff. Well, mm-hmm. one of the the question that I asked is I got an email from Andrew talking about a, a recent interview and how he wanted me to go listen to it. And it, it was great, but it was for a limited time. And I'm like, well, that's that's interesting because podcasters always talk about, you know, how can I monetize my podcast? How can I make money for my message? and if you're if you guys are not familiar with Andrew Warner he runs Mixergy and every time you say the word Mixergy you want to say home of the ambitious upstart because <laughs> if you listen to Mixergy you know that's what he says you know and then it's, you can hear him in your head it's like hey what's up freedom fighters and you know i'm am an andrew fan apparently <laughs> but um, one of the things that he does is he offers these master classes in Mixergy premium and so I posed the question, was like, well, how do you guys feel about putting some podcasts behind a paywall and adding additional, mm-hmm. st- you know, content to that podcast or like keeping the guest on to go into maybe even more detail about, you know, how do you build an email list or, yeah. you know, how do you put together an autoresponder series and what do you do with that autoresponder series and how often do you email stuff like that? I mean, a lot of detail that you don't normally get from a regular interview but how do you feel about putting either older podcasts or podcasts that aren't brand new? How do you feel about putting them behind a paywall?
1: Mm. I think I think it's a great idea, but it has to always has to do with the way you market them. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there are already podcasts that you have to pay for to you know to listen to, um, but I think just an example is just what you just did with uh, blabs. You know we started the interview, and then you stopped it, and you invited people to go somewhere else to get the end of it like so the beginning was just a teaser, and you need to take action to do to have more of it. I think it would be exactly the same thing you can start an interview or ask people to go deeper into it by paying a little extra um i think it all has to do with the way you market it and if you market it to the right people the right way i mean there's no way people are not going to pay for it because they know their value behind that
0: right no i think i think you make a good point there were uh, there were a few podcasters who were like oh no i I would never pay for a podcast and I wouldn't listen to that show after that. And so, you know, good riddance. But then there were other people that were like, hey, you know, it's valuable content. And there's other stuff than other than just the podcast interview. It's it's really uh, content worth something else. You know, like Creative Live does it. You know, you'll film a class with, you know, some really well-known content creator and that has a specialty and it's free when it's Mm -hmm. live. And then afterwards you can, I think it's most of their classes are like 99 bucks and you pay for the, you know, and you have full access to it forever. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: That's interesting.
0: I'm glad that that I mentioned that to you because I was wondering, I'm like, I want to talk to another podcaster that has a lot of episodes out there. Because at this point with um, a service like Podbean, Podbean has um, premium, you can designate certain podcasts for premium content. So you could upload just your podcast you want to charge for and stick them behind a paywall and then people can go out there and actually subscribe to your premium content or, Mm -hmm. you know, your paid content. So with your old episodes, as they start dropping off iTunes, do you think that's something that you would possibly, some of the like really, really good content rich ones, you think that's something that you would possibly offer as a bonus or something that you would put behind a, Hey, it's, a couple bucks to go in or it's 99 cent to access all these old archives of all mm-hmm. of these interviews.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that is interesting. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I'm not, I'm not close to it at all. I think it would be a great way to, uh, because you know, that like sometimes when it's free, like people don't engage as much, but when right. they pay for it, like yeah. they will, they will eat it. They will think about it all the time, you know? Yeah. So, uh Yeah.
0: That's that's interesting.
1: So something I, I wanted to ask you about that
0: kind of came up in, an, in in another email that I saw from another podcaster. And because you publish on Kindle, have you looked at the no content and low content books as an option for uh, Kindle revenue or online low content book? Yeah, low content or no. So basically journals. So there's this thing that's been going around, and not a lot of people know about it. But I happen to see, of course, John Lee Dumas. Just um, had a journal come out where it's a, I think it's a thirty day or ninety day challenge journal.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I saw and he's that. got
0: his name on it, and I think he had like forty of them made through Create Space. And I believe that he's selling them. I'm not sure. It may be part of some other thing that he's doing, or maybe for joining Podcasters Paradise at a certain level, he's giving them away. I'm not really sure what his business model is behind it. But there is a lady called the Book Ninja, and I, I can't remember her actual name, but I did remember her tagline. And she teaches people about creating uh, what what are called low content. So it'll have, it's a journal and it'll have an inspirational picture in there or Mm -hmm. a quote with some questions and, and, you know, answers and stuff like that. It's a lot like, and I'm going to grab it so I can show it to you. So I grabbed, I just happened to be walking out of Barnes and Noble, and there's this 500 writing prompts Mm -hmm. book. And all it is is a bunch of blank pages with, a question and then you answer the question and it's just a, it's a prompt to get you to write. Well, it's, it's a $9 book. It's $9 and 98 cents. So they got me to pay $9 and 98 cents for, I don't know, 300 pages of questions, (laughs) which, which is interesting. But when you're running out of stuff or you think you're running out of stuff to talk about, all you need is a, is a short prompt to help you to start writing. So with you being a Kindle author, and being an author in general, have you thought about possibly writing a journal that has some stuff in it that is a challenge journal or stuff like that? Do you what do you think about that?
1: Sincerely, I have not thought about like writing um uh, a journal. Uh, but like in stuff that I create, like create workbooks and ask questions uh, to people that had just consumed, for example, the video and then ask mm-hmm. questions about it to to make them think about it a, a little more and go deeper into the subject. But I haven't thought about writing a journal yet, but I think what you just said there and shared with uh, with me there, I think it's it's very interesting. Another interesting thing that you shared today um, Because as you say, sometimes we run out of ideas or we just want to get inspired a little more or we just want to get used to writing more regularly. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of journal could be a very good uh, tool to have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like,
0: hmm, there's no podcasting prompt journals out Mm -hmm. there. So, you know, a hundred different podcasting subjects to talk to your guest about or uh, 100 interesting questions to ask podcast guests or something yeah. like that. So, you know, yeah. something to help podcasters do better interviews because, like you said, a lot of the times people don't do research and they don't prepare. And I think there are some general questions that aren't that vague that could get your guests to really, really give more.
1: Yes, and go deeper
0: yeah and go deeper and go deeper personally yeah. because some of the yeah. questions even just in that journal there are questions in there that you could ask during an interview that would get someone to really think because they're kind of deep thinking questions so i was wondering what you would think about that because you're usually like on, right on the forefront of just about everything that's going on so
1: yeah i love i love that idea though vernon i have to admit Well, cool very yeah. awesome
0: All right. Well, you know, we are way over the half hour that we booked. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God, I hope she's not busy. She would have told me, though.
1: No, I was about to tell you, actually, because I have another appointment coming up like in about not even 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well,
0: I tell you what, Fabian, it's been awesome having you on. Uh, I'm looking forward to the virtual summit. Can you give everybody the web address for the virtual summit? And of course, I will be putting that in the show notes
1: summit dot com. It's easy to remember.
0: And this episode will publish before it, you know, before that goes live in October. What's the actual date that it's going live in October? October twelfth. October twelfth. So this will yeah. be out before October twelfth, so you guys can go and register for it. It's not too late. Make sure that you go and register. Whenever you hear this podcast episode, is going to be before the summit. So definitely go out there, check it out. It's going to be awesome. I am one of the featured speakers, so I hope that that prompts you to sign up a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yes, it should. It should or definitely. We, we had some fun t- doing our yeah, interview. Yeah, we did. So, I'm, yeah, we did. I'm excited to uh, see the summit. I can't. I can't wait, and really <laughs> interested to see what Chris Brogan has to say because he's doing some interesting stuff too. Yes. Yeah, he just came out with a podcasting class, by the way. Yeah, I know. He's, yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Anyway, what's the best way to contact you online, best places to find you?
1: Oh, actually, follow me on Periscope at Fabien Raphael. That's at and of course, I scope every morning right? at 6 a.m. Eastern time.
0: Oh, okay. Ooh, From Monday to, to Friday. Friday. Okay. Yeah, that means that uh, that yeah. is that's five a.m. Central. Oh, I think I
1: had it? someone from Seattle actually. It was three a.m. where she was at. <laughs> I was like, "You, you're not sleeping? That's great. Let's scope with you."
0: That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to make sure to get up a little early so I can cut some of your scopes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I usually only see the replays because it's like, oh well, yeah, that was this morning. <laughs> All right. Hey, it's been awesome having you on, guys. Make sure to reach out to Fabian. We're going to have links to contact her all throughout the show notes and definitely talking about the online virtual summit. So, Fabian, it's been great, and thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for inviting me again, Verna.
0: I appreciate no, no, it. No, was fun. I, I enjoy it. You're actually now a co-host because you've been on more than once. So there you go. Yay! <laughs> all right. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Okay. All right, Bye. Thanks.
0: Hey guys, that was an exciting episode. I am really stoked about that. We had a lot of fun and learned a lot of stuff. And now, actually, since we recorded that episode, the Small Business Online Summit is live. You can find it at vernonross.com forward slash SB as in boy summit. That's S as in Sam, B as in boy summit 15. And you'll go right out to the summit webpage uh, take a look at some of the stuff that's in there. Make sure you also get on the list because there's been emails going out every day with a highlight from the summit. This is this is some really good stuff. Uh, I'm excited to be included in and honored to be you know in the likes of some of the really great people that are included on the summit, like Chris Brogan among others. And uh, this this one is a fun one. And uh, hopefully you guys learn a lot from my session. I hope you guys check that out. And remember to go out to vernonross.com sb summit fifteen. And you'll go right to the small business online summit page, which is just it's just cool to be included in on that. So another uh, thing that's going on is of course Social Strategy Academy. I've got a new class and course coming out, and there is going to be a Black Friday sale. And what I'm going to do is issue out one price and you'll have access to every course that's currently on the site, including the sponsorship template, the sponsorship coaching, which is normally a thousand dollars. I'm going to do all of that for one price. I'm going to announce it. Actually, you, you'll have to... Uh, jump on the email list. So there is a link in the show notes that if you go to that link, make sure you've added yourself on the list. If you're currently on my email list, you don't have to do anything. You're going to get a special announcement about the Black Friday sale, but – the promo code for the Black Friday sale when you go out to the Social Strategy Academy is going to be, of course, just Black Friday. You just put that promo code in, and you're going to have access to an entire bundle of training courses, and that's it's going to last. There may be even some stuff added to it. Uh, I've got some stuff from some other instructors. So I'm going to just throw a ton of information at you guys. Anything social media, you're going to get some coaching stuff in there. You're going to get um, pretty much everything that I talk about. On the show and in social media and in trainings for, you know, corporations and stuff like that. I'm putting all of that stuff in the Social Strategy Academy. So definitely go out to SocialStrategyAcademy.com. Check it out. Promo code Black Friday. And um, when this goes live, that promo code is actually going to go live on the day after Thanksgiving. Actually on Black Friday. I'm going to wait. I'm not going to let it go early. It's going to go on sale Black Friday. So definitely make sure you go out to the site on Black Friday. Enter the promo code. You'll get access to every course that I have. And I'm actually adding a new social media from one-on-one to advanced course out there. It's going to cover Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, everything so this this course is actually going to be pretty cool i think you guys are going to really enjoy it i'm just trying to put the finishing touches on it and get it out by friday so this is a brand new course and i know you guys will enjoy it other than that guys i'm going to go ahead get out of here remember keep reaching out to me on twitter on instagram you can find me at RossPR just about everywhere and also on snapchat Keep your snaps coming. It's been pretty fun. Also, join me on Blab. I am on Blab quite a bit now. I don't really host a lot of shows, but I am in on a lot of shows. So, definitely check me out on Blab. Follow me at Ross PR. And with that, guys, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I wish you a happy, happy Thanksgiving. You guys know I normally don't date the podcast, but hey, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Um, and I will see you in the next episode. <laughs> All the storms and news,
1: nothing ever.